Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 4, and we'll conclude with that famous Isaiah 9, 6 verse where we will lift our text for our message this morning. So glad to see each and every one of you today. Amen. We wish you a Merry Christmas, and uh, I just want to thank you for including church in your Christmas plans this weekend, and uh, just keeping the Lord the center of all that we do at this busy time of the year. We don't ever want to lose sight of what the real purpose and meaning of all of this is. Isaiah 9, 4, For thou hast broken the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, as in the day of Midian. For every battle of the warrior is with confused noise and garments rolled in blood. But this shall be with burning and fuel of fire. Doesn't sound like a real favorable environment there, does it? But thank the Lord for verse 6. In that environment, for unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. This morning we want to take our emphasis from the first part of verse 6, for unto us a child is born, and I want to talk to you this morning about a child is born. A child is born. Why don't we pray one more time before we're seated. Lord, thank you for your presence that we feel in this house. Thankful for the hope that you have given us, Lord, and thankful, Lord, for this time of the year when we can focus on this great miracle that once again we are reminded of the majesty and the love of our great Savior who came to this earth and robed himself in flesh. Thank you for that, Lord. Open our hearts and minds now, Lord, to receive your word and to draw closer to you. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. You may be seated. And speaking of a child being born, we are so happy to welcome Trevor Ritchie to his very first service this morning. Sister Lila, stand up and show us that cute little baby boy right there, only a couple of weeks old. There he is. A child is born. Amen. He's awesome. What a beautiful um, baby boy. We're excited about uh, Trevor and his parents and grandparents and what a great legacy he already has in the gospel. 1807 was a bad year for Americans. The New Republic was sort of tottering on infant legs and the British were shooting at us in a prelude to another war. Economically, there was depression with prices soaring out of reach. But that bad year in the history of our nation, 1807, was a year that some gifts were given to us in the form of new life. Nancy of Kentucky entered the Valley of the Shadow to bring a son by the name of Abraham Lincoln into the world. Wadsworth, America's great poet, was born that year, as was Cyrus McCormick, the famous inventor. It really wasn't a bad year when you look at the babies that were given to us that year. 1864 was an even worse year for America. Sherman was looting and burning American cities. Grant and Lee, old comrades in arms, were matching cruel weapons in Virginia. But Mary had her baby anyhow in Diamond Grove, Missouri. 
That kind of a world needed a George Washington Carver. We were at war with Mexico when tiny little Tom Edison was born and was at war again when Edith gave birth to Charles in 1898. That when our battleship Maine blew up in the Spanish-American War with it. But it was a good year for the birth of someone who one day would heal others by the founding of Mayo Clinic. It is hard to tell what is a bad year because in the worst of times, the greatest gifts from God are given to humanity. Perhaps none greater than when Jesus was born in Bethlehem. It was not a time of peace. It was a time of upheaval. It was not a time that you and I would look at and say, this was a great year. But ladies and gentlemen, one thing we have learned about studying not only the nature of God through his word, but even living life on this planet. And that is that God can give the best gifts in the worst of times. God doesn't need a favorable environment to do a miracle in your life. God can do a great and a mighty work right now, right in the middle of all of the mess that you and I may be facing. But the message of Christmas is that the giver becomes the gift. You cannot take the gift without taking the giver because the gift is the giver. For God so loved the world that he gave. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Now somebody may give you a gift that you don't like, but you like the gift. You can take the gift and leave the giver. Somebody that you may like may give you a gift that you don't like. And you can leave the gift and still love the giver. But when Jesus was born in Bethlehem, the giver of the gift became the gift. So when you take the gift, you also take the giver of the gift. You can't extract one from the other. They're all the same. It's all in him. I'm glad to know that when you say Jesus, you've said it all. The gift was the giver. The gift is a person. And the gift is a gift that keeps on giving, even in the worst of times, and usually at the worst of times. When everything is falling apart around you, a child is born. When you're hit with the biggest crisis that you will ever face, a child is born. A gift is given. God shows up. God doesn't need you and I to approve. God can show his mighty hand of power in the worst of times. God does not need all the stars to align to bring a miracle of a new life into your existence. In fact, Genesis chapter 1 and verse 2 says, The earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the deep. When God spoke and said, let there be light. Some of our lives were similar to that. Void, without form, darkness upon the deep. But I'm so thankful that it didn't scare away your God and my God. 
He spoke into your life and into my life. And he said, let there be life. Let there be a new way of thinking and a new way of walking and a new way of talking. Let there be a new child born in the midst of all of those problems. Let there be order. Let there be purpose. We all face times in our life and you may be facing them right now when things are chaotic and stressful. You may feel burned down or void of any feelings or meaning but I've come with some good news this morning a child is born a child is born a new start a new hope a new promise Jesus said it this way in John chapter 10 and verse 10 I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly When you wrap up the statement, a child is born, it basically is summarized by new life. This is what is so great about our God. He gives us new life. Life is more than just having a pulse. And life is more than just breathing air and existing on this planet in a relatively pain-free world. But real life is having hope that tomorrow is going to be better than yesterday. Real life is believing that, you know what? We've got a God that can make everything brand new. You know, in the world that you and I live, we may just have to tolerate some things. We have have to just exist with some things. But the God that you and I serve is not a God that just has to tolerate some things. He's a God that can make it all brand new again. He's the God that can hit the reset button and everything becomes fresh. Hallelujah. Oh, I don't know about you, but sometimes we just need that reset button on our lives, don't we? You say, I've been battling with stuff. I've been carrying stuff. I've been fighting things. I'm tired. I just want to start brand new. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you can do that in the presence of a holy God because a child is born. Something special about a child being born. You know, every time you go to the hospital, it always seems like a sad place. People are hurting. People are suffering. People are getting bad news. People are nervous about upcoming surgeries. There's a lot of fear and trepidation. When you go down the hallways of Holmes Regional Medical Center, you you don't see a lot of people jumping up and down and running the halls and throwing their hands in the air and and, and banging tambourines together and, and shouting at the top of their lungs. I mean, you don't really see a lot of rejoicing at the hospital. People are hurting, people are trying to get through it, but it's not that way in all of the hospital. There are some places in the hospital where there's a lot of joy. Do you know where that is? That's over there in the new birth suites. They've even got it totally separated from the rest of the hospital. They don't even want any of the bad news from over there to drift over there to the birthing suites. You've got to go on a separate elevator and go up to the top and clear all the security people you can imagine and finally get inside. And when you get in there, there is joy in that wing. There is hope in that wing. They got ribbons on doors. They got all kind of little flowers and people are happy. There is excitement. You know why? Because there's something about when a new child is born. 
You can have all kind of problems. You can have all kind of trials. But when a new child is born, ladies and gentlemen, the same God that gives us the miracle of life every time a child is born is the same. Be born. A new perspective can be born. A new attitude can be born. Child was born in the middle of war and strife. When this young nation wobbled to its feet with the signing of the Declaration of Independence. On July 4th, 1776, the Declaration of Independence of the United States of America was adopted by the Second Continental Congress. And the second section states, and I quote, We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, Liberty and the pursuit of happiness. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I propose to you this morning that when a child is born, they represent those three things. Life, liberty. Yeah, they got got liberty. That's why they crawl around everywhere. They got liberty. They got room now. They holler, they cry, they do, they got liberty. They have been set free. And the pursuit of happiness. Man, I tell you what, they can go wherever they want to go. They can do whatever they want to do. You say, babies are always crying. Well, my dad said, I learned a long time ago about babies. As long as they've been fed, as long as they're dry, and as long as they've had plenty of sleep, they're happy. They're a whole lot like me. I thought, well, you know, there's a lot of truth to that. Their basic needs are taken care of. They pursue happiness. This little toy, that little toy. The thing that's got to be the most entertaining is seeing all the people make funny noises and funny faces at them. (laughs) I heard a comedian, Stephen Wright, he's really a funny comedian, writes a lot of funny stuff. He said, I came across the diary the other day I kept when I was born. Day one, still tired from the move. Day two, everybody talks to me like I'm an idiot. I won't go any further down that road, but you can Google it. Stephen Wright, he's funny. Unalienable defined means simply this, incapable of being alienated. That is sold and transferred. Black's Law Dictionary, 6th edition, page 1523 says, You cannot surrender, sell, or transfer unalienable rights. They are a gift from the creator to the individual and cannot under any circumstances be surrendered or taken. All individuals have unalienable rights. Ladies and gentlemen, when a child is born, it is a gift that is given from the creator that no human can be alienated from. It doesn't matter if you're in China or you're in communist Cuba or you're in Russia where the government says you cannot worship God. You know what they found out? You know what they found out. Whenever the wall came down and the Soviet Union, all those things, and 
East Berlin. What did they find? They found there were all of these millions of Christians, hallelujah, that were still gathering together and worshiping the Lord, even though it was illegal, even though they had to spend two or three hours to gather together. You know why? Because you cannot take away somebody's right to be in the presence of God. God is always going to have a people. There is something about this opportunity. A child is born. It doesn't matter if governments believe it or don't believe it. It doesn't matter if Herod wants to kill him or doesn't want to kill him. It doesn't matter if he's born in a manger or born in a palace. If a man or a woman wants to know God, there is nobody or nothing that can separate you from the love of God. Paul said in Romans 8, I am persuaded that there's no principality, nor power, nor things present, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature that shall be able to separate us from the love of God. Oh, I want to declare something right now into the spirit world. You can just listen in if you want to. I want to declare to the spirit world uh, that you cannot take uh, this child is born from the human race. Uh, We can't even give it up. Uh, We can't transfer it. Uh, We can't give it away. Uh, This hope, uh, this love, uh, this joy that we have of the gospel that a child is born and that Jesus Christ uh, can change a person's life. You can't take it, devil. You can't steal it. You can't throw enough obstacles, negative circumstances, sickness that's going to take away this child that is born. This life, this liberty, this pursuit of happiness. These unalienable rights may be guaranteed by our Constitution and recognized by other democracies, but they are given by our Creator. Life, liberty, And the pursuit of happiness are what our Constitution says are unalienable rights. But I submit to you this morning that they can all be summed up in one word. Hope. Life. Liberty. And the pursuit of happiness can all be encapsulated in that one word. Hope. When a child is born, there is hope. New life brings hope. When the message of the child being born was given to the wise men of the east through the stars, they came because it was the hope of the world at that time, as it is today. When the shepherds were in the fields, they were given a message that was based in hope. These shepherds were in the shepherd's field, the Bible says, a designated place by the Temple Mount area that was reserved exclusively for Levitical shepherds, those who raised sheep for the sacrifices at the temple. These sheep could not have any marks, scrapes, or blemishes. So when these lambs were born, these Levitical shepherds would wrap them or swaddle them in blankets to protect them. So the angel announced to these shepherds, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You will find the baby wrapped 
in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. The angel was saying to these Levitical shepherds, this is going to be the sign for you. You're going to find him wrapped in swaddling clothes, just like you do those little lambs that are born. Because this is the lamb that's going to take away the sin of the world. Ladies and gentlemen, I've come to tell you today that God will give you a sign that maybe others don't understand, but you will understand because he will custom make it just for you. And you will know a child is born, that this is the way and the truth and the life, and there is no other way. Child is born. Those shepherds knew what this meant. He was the lamb. He was the one that was being born to be our savior. You talk about hope. You talk about joy. Unspeakable joy. I can see those shepherds running down out of the hills around that shepherd's field headed to Bethlehem. Where are you going? A child is born. A savior is born. The hope and joy that is given as a part of the new child being born, ladies and gentlemen, is not confined to just the manger in Bethlehem. When the angel announced the birth of the child, the Bible says in Luke chapter 2, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. The Bible records the words of Jesus in Luke 15. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth. More than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. Ladies and gentlemen, the same heavenly host that rejoiced over the child being born in Bethlehem rejoices over one sinner that repents. Because every time a person comes to the Lord, stands in the presence of God at an altar and says, God, forgive me of all my sins. I've made a lot of mistakes. I've made wrong choices and decisions. And I'm asking you, God, to forgive me of every sin. And they feel the weight of all of that sin lifted off of their shoulders. And they feel the love of God come and wrap his arms around them. I say to you one more time, a child is born. You say, how do you know that? Because the same angels that rejoiced in heaven, whenever the angels announced it to, to the shepherds, and there was a heavenly host, Jesus said the same thing happens when one repents. A child is born. Every time you come to God and give your heart to God, He fills you with the Holy Ghost, which is an old English word for spirit. He fills you with that Holy Spirit, that spirit that can only come from a holy being. You can't give it to yourself. It's got to come from the holy nature of a holy throne of God. And it comes down and comes into us in our innermost being. It is described by Jesus whenever he witnessed to Nicodemus, who was a Pharisee and knew that there was something different about Jesus, came to him at night, said, Master, we know that you are one that is sent. What do we have to do? 
Jesus began to tell Nicodemus that he needed to be born again. John chapter 3 and verse 5, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water, that's baptism, and of the Spirit, that's the Holy Ghost, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. But that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. Everybody in this building has been born of flesh. But God wants us to be born again of the Spirit. So that everybody can rejoice, even as they did with baby Jesus in Bethlehem. Everyone can rejoice with you and say, a child is born. Hallelujah. A man or a woman, a boy or a girl, gave their heart to God. And the angels are rejoicing. All of heaven is rejoicing. Why? Because a child is born. child is born. When you ask the Lord to come into your heart, and he fills you with that holy presence, it's a new birth. And here's what I want you to know today. You don't have to be holy for this new birth to take place. You don't have to be in a good place for this new birth to take place. Because God can work in any environment. You don't have to have all your ducks in a row, so to speak. People say, well, I'm going to come to the Lord, preacher, but I I just got some things I got to take care of. You need to come to God and let him take care of it. Oh, hallelujah. You said there's some things I need to make right. You'll never be able to make them right. But there is a God, hallelujah, that can take all your wrongs and make them right. Come on, you've been trying to do it on your own. You need to come to God and say, I'm putting it all on the altar. I want there to be a new breath of fresh life. Come inside of me. In the middle of unexplained emptiness, a child is born. I was preaching one time in Tallahassee, Florida. Brother and sister Golden was there. They had a little daughter at the time by the name of Amy that was probably in Sunday school. It's an inside joke for all of you visitors. But I'll never forget, you guys, Brother and Sister Golden, you'll remember it. I was preaching about the heart, and while I was preaching, a man by the name of Brother Jim was sitting about where Manuel is sitting in the middle, and he said, Preacher, I can't take it anymore. And he just walked right out of his pew and come right down to the altar, came down and put his hands up in the air and said, Lord, I've run long enough. I want you to come into my life. In that very moment, he was filled with the Holy Ghost and a new child was born. I was preaching years ago in San Diego and a man come down out of the aisle, come down out of his seat and started coming down to the altar and he was pulling things out of his pockets uh, as he came. He was pulling out cigarettes and lighters and drugs and paraphernalia and pipes and and the whole center aisle was littered with sin as the man was tossing stuff uh, as he came to the altar. When he got to the altar, he said, I'm tired of all that stuff. Uh, I want a new way of living. And he stood in the altar and God filled him with the Holy Ghost. preaching to you today that a child is born 
A child is born. A new way of thinking. A new way of walking. Preaching in Mobile, Alabama some 25 years ago. A man had AIDS all throughout his body. Sores that had come up. His skin was all littered with marks and scars. As AIDS had totally decimated him. He came down for prayer. Just a few people prayed for him. And we said, in the name of Jesus Christ, heal this man. And as we watched with our own eyes, his flesh came again to his arms and legs like a newborn baby. His skin became clean. And he began to run the aisles of that church saying, great is God, he has healed my body. That man is still alive and still in that church worshiping God because a new child, a new child is born. And the Bible says that Naaman, who was full of leprosy, captain of the Syrian army, went down in the Jordan River seven times as the man of God had instructed him to do. Came up out of that old muddy river. The Jordan River. He came up out of there and his skin, the Bible says, was like a child. A child is born. Then went he down and dipped himself seven times in Jordan. The Bible says this in 2 Kings 5 and 14. According to the saying of the man of God. And his flesh came again like unto the flesh of a little child. And he was clean. Do you believe God can make you a brand new person? Do you believe he can cause you to be born again? Some of you have been carrying around some old grudges, maybe some old attitudes, some old hurts, some old mistakes. But today is the day for a child to be born. A new way of walking. A new way of talking, a new way of thinking, clean from the inside out. You can't do it for yourself. You've got to have God speak into your life. This Christmas, let a new child be born in your heart. And don't keep this new birth experience out in the manger. Bring it into your home. Bring it into your heart and make it real for you today. Would you stand to your feet? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I feel the presence of a holy God in this house. If you feel the presence of God and you're compelled to do so, I wonder if you would lift your hands right now in your voice. And would you thank that mighty God of heaven and earth that can make all things new. I bless your holy name, God. I bless your holy name, God. Oh, I want to declare into this atmosphere today that there's nothing that God can't deliver from. If you need God to do something brand new in your life right now, I invite you to step out from where you're standing. Come out into this aisle, walk down to this altar right now. You said, I need God to do something brand new. Only you know what it is, but you believe God can do it right now today. Come on. Christmas has got to be more than giving presents and 
decorating houses with lights. Come on, Christmas is about finding this Savior for yourself. If you got to come out of the shepherd field, come on. If it's got to be those apostolics that have known God for many years, uh, God's got something new for you today. Or you may be coming from as far as the east, uh, but you know that the giver of all gifts is the God that awaits you right now. Come on, why don't you make this short journey? You don't have to get up on a camel. You don't have to go to another city. All you got to do is walk down to this altar right now and say, I'm ready for a new child to be born in my heart. Come on, would you come right now? As you make your way down around the front of this building, I don't want to invite every single one of you. Would you lift up your hands right now? And would you lift up your voice? Would you pray this prayer? God, make it all brand new right now. In the name of Jesus. Come on, Lord, I want your spirit to come into my heart. God will come into your heart right now. That you can.